Views and opinions expressed by the hosts are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of their employers. This podcast may not be suitable for children. Adults may find details triggering and or offensive. Listener's discretion is advised. Hi everyone, this is Norma. And this is Priscilla. And you're listening to It's It's the Mystery for Me. Welcome back to another episode of It's the Mystery for Me. In true crime news, I think I mentioned last week that Carly Russell had gotten jail time, right? She got a year in jail. Did we talk about that? I think so, but today I saw that Candace Owens is offering to pay the restitution fine of $18,000 if Carly will just sit down with her for an interview. Something in me tells me that Carly is probably going to write a book. So she should. Honestly, yeah. yeah, why not? At this point, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, like... Because we still want to know. Yeah, we do want to know. I mean, she'll tell us and she profits at the same time. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. I at this point, can. everything is a lose right now <laughs> with her. So she needs a win. Mm-hmm. That will be a win for her. Right. So I don't think Candace Owens is going to get that interview. Oprah, maybe. Candace Owens, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Other than that, nothing else that I saw regarding true crime. Well, actually, we haven't discussed this case on the show because it doesn't fit with the show's theme. But the Idaho murders, is that what it's called? Like, mm-hmm. you know, with the college kids? Yeah. There's so many weird details coming out now really about like the friends texting each other during the murder after saying that they were asleep or they couldn't hear anything or something like that just strange things you mean they're trying to get their story right is that what you mean like their story's changing basically oh i guess cell phone records have come back and showed that they were texting at the time and there's not really too much as far as like context because is it them texting like oh my gosh did you hear that or is it them just like casually having a conversation Mm. but it did show up on my true crime tiktok that's interesting i have not actually watched any documentaries about it i'm sure 2020 has done a few i just haven't watched it well isn't is a trial ongoing or they're not there yet they're not there yet, but I feel like they are about to start yeah. soon. But yeah, if you're into true crime, sounds like this one is a real doozy if you want to check it out. So it's the Idaho murders. And now we'll turn to this week's case. So for today's episode, I watched a show on Investigation Discovery. I don't want to say the name because it'll give it away. Okay. I also looked at articles from ABC News. NBC News, Fox News, just to name a few. And for a list of today's sources, go ahead and check out our website, it's themysteryforme.com, or click the link in today's show notes. 
This story takes us back to 2016 in Greensboro, North Carolina. This is a case of Tierra Williams. Tierra Williams was born on June 18, 1996 in Greensboro, North Carolina. So in 2016, she was 19 years old. She's described as bright and just overall a kind person. Her mother, Danielle, describes Tierra as someone that lights up the room, just very bubbly, confident, very energetic. She also had a little brother named Cannon, who was three years younger than her, but despite the age difference, they were very close. Her parents ended up divorcing when Tierra was around seven or eight years old, and ultimately both kids ended up moving in with their mom. Tierra went to Dudley High School in Greensboro, North Carolina, and her mom said she had a pretty active social life. Because of that, her mom was very strict with Tierra as far as her social media accounts. She had all of her passwords. Hmm. And it sounds, it's, it sounds like, sorry, yeah. it sounds like the other case you did when yeah. I wasn't, it when does. I wasn't on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shania Gray, yeah, yes. it reminded me of that. Yes. Did, you know what? I don't think mom ever asked us for our passwords. Yeah, I don't think that even really crossed her mind. I don't think it crossed her mind. She's not too, like, technologically inclined. Yeah. I mean, if anything, she would have just taken our phone. She goes to drastic measures. I mean, I've never had my phone taken. I mean, me neither, but I'm saying if she felt like something was off. Yeah, okay. She's the type of mom that's going to just snatch her shit. Yeah. Honestly. (laughs) Yeah, she'll definitely crack the whip if if need be. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So it is possible that this did create tension between Tierra and her mom. And her mom does make an appearance on the ID Discovery show. And she said that she was a little hard on Tierra at times. During Tierra's senior year of high school, she ended up moving in with her grandmother at the Stony Brook apartment complex. And I believe that they all lived in the same complex or near each other. Like her mom, I think, and her brother lived near the complex or was part of it. Tierra told everyone that she didn't think her grandma should live alone and that she needed company, but there were other claims that she just wanted a little bit more independence from her mom. It was during this time that Tierra also decided to join an early childhood development program at her school. And she realized that she really loved working with young children and just kids with disabilities in general. Tierra ended up graduating high school in 2014 and took a year off from school. She planned to go back in December of 2015. And in January 2016, she ended up enrolling in Guilford Technical Community College for early childhood development. Everything seemed to be going according to plan. And then January 7th, 2016 comes around. So on January 7th, 2016, Tierra ended up going to school at around 8 a.m. to finalize some enrollment papers and get her student ID. It was her first day of class and she was really excited. At around 6 p.m., she went to her mom's apartment to tell her about her day and help her take down the Christmas tree. I know, it's January 7th. Sounds typical. <laughs> it's two weeks after Christmas, but... I feel like everybody keeps their tree up. If yeah. you're not one of the people that keep your tree up, what's your secret? Because <laughs> I feel like... I just like just seeing it, though. It just makes yeah. me still feel like the holiday is still here. Yeah. I don't know. So she spent time with her mom until Tierra's boyfriend, Aaron, who was 23, and Tierra's little brother, Cannon, showed up. 
So her mother, Danielle, said that Tira basically told her about her day and she told her, okay, tomorrow we'll go shopping for books, school supplies, and a laptop. So this was their plan for the next day. Oh, that's so nice. Mm-hmm. At around 8 p.m., Tiara, her brother, and her boyfriend left to go back to her grandmother's apartment for dinner. And after they ate, they ended up watching TV for a little bit. And then Tiara announced at around 8.30 p.m. that she was going to meet a friend, Travis. So Tiara had been texting throughout that entire evening. Aaron, her boyfriend, apparently didn't recognize the name Travis, but didn't think anything of it. And I'm just wondering why the boyfriend didn't have a reaction to this. Right. He didn't think anything of his girlfriend going to meet a guy at 8.30 at night. Right. I just don't really... I'm just not really buying that. He does make an appearance on the show. And that's what he says? Like, he just... He's like, I... I mean, she said... Yeah. That's what... That's so interesting to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Man, so, I guess the kind of boyfriends I've had are different. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, maybe he was just simply distracted watching TV. He was watching TV and playing video games with her brother. So that could be it. So that sure. could also be it. So Aaron, her boyfriend, Tiara's brother, Cannon, and Tiara end up leaving the grandma's apartment. And they began walking out at around... I think 8.30, or like right after 8.30, after she gets this text message. She tells them that she'll be back in an hour. So at this point, Aaron and her brother go to Aaron's apartment to continue playing video games. And again, they all live in the same complex, including her boyfriend, Aaron. Okay. So 9.30 comes around and Tira hadn't returned home. Remember, she told her boyfriend and her brother she'll be back in an hour. That didn't happen. So Aaron ends up texting her, and she's not replying. He ends up calling her. It goes straight to voicemail. So Aaron and her brother decide to return to the grandmother's apartment to wait for her there and just see, like, if she ends up coming. But she never came, and she hadn't responded to any of their messages. I'm assuming that at some point they just both go their separate ways and go home. But it's unclear for how long they were at the grandma's house waiting for her. So the next morning on January 8th at around 7 a.m., Aaron still hadn't heard from Tiara or had seen her. But he did leave his apartment to go to some appointment he had that morning. It's unclear what it was for. But when he gets back to the apartment, he notices that she's still not there. She's still not answering her phone. So he ends up waking up Tiara's grandmother and lets her know what's going on and that he has not seen Tiara since the night before. I think the grandma didn't think anything of this whole situation because it was common that Tiara maybe spent the night at Aaron's house and she didn't think it was odd that she didn't come home is what I mean. Mm -hmm. So Aaron ends up telling the grandma about Travis or the very limited details that he knows because that's all he has a name just a first name and how Travis was apparently the last person that saw Tiara or the last person she was texting. And the grandma starts freaking out. She starts calling Tiara, but there's no answer. Now, the grandma does make an appearance on the show and she says that this is very uncommon for Tiara to do because she wouldn't just go away without telling anyone where she was. 
And plus, she also had plans to go shopping with her mom for school supplies, books, and a laptop. Another thing is that Tiara had left behind her purse, her wallet, her ID, phone charger, all of that was still in her room. So it basically looked like she intended to come back home. Aaron and Tiara's mom end up meeting at around 12.30 that day, PM, and Aaron informs her that Tiara was going to meet someone named Travis, but he doesn't have a last name and he doesn't know who Travis is. Her mom is pissed. She's like, why would you do that? Why would you let her just go outside and not watch who she's going with? How do you not know who this person is? Why didn't you ask for a last name? I mean, I'm with the mom on this one. Yeah. Especially because also it's nighttime. Yeah. Right? So nighttime. I just, yeah. Yeah. Got to be more vigilant than that. Got to be, got to ask the questions. Mm-hmm. So her mom didn't know what to do at this point. So she just, she remembered, oh wait, I have her passwords. Let me log onto her Facebook. And she ends up doing that. And she tries to find a Travis in, in the list of friends and there was no Travis. So she looks at messages and her mom noticed that one of Tiara's ex-boyfriends was messaging her. So now she's thinking like, what if Travis is her ex-boyfriend? And he's just using this as an alias. Her mom also noticed that it wasn't Tiara reaching out to the ex-boyfriend. It was him reaching out to her. And that's not really too surprising because we know that they always spin the block. Period. Okay. (laughs) But her family did say that her ex was not the type of guy that she should be keeping a friendship with or someone that she should be hanging with. Basically, the big question here is, could the ex-boyfriend be Travis? So again, the family is looking to Aaron for more answers. And he basically tells them that he didn't really think to ask Tiara any questions because he trusted her. I mean, that could be absolutely true, right? If you are in a healthy, secured relationship. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. And... I know, at least I would have definitely been asking a bunch of questions. I would, I would too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think for Aaron, the reason why he didn't ask this question is because he was trying to avoid a fight because he thought that Tierra was going to break up with him. And the reason why I say this is because Tierra wasn't really feeling Aaron like that Mm -hmm. and thought that it would be better that they remain friends. At least she told this to her mom. Okay. So I'm not sure if she ended up having this conversation with Aaron to his face and telling him like, hey, I think we should just be friends. But it turns out that they had only been dating for two months. So how would he have... So he didn't know. So that wouldn't have stopped him from asking her because he didn't know that she didn't want to be with him. But I was just also thinking like maybe he sensed... Maybe that sensed a vibe. A vibe, yeah. Okay. And just didn't want to start a fight. Because she he didn't want her to leave him. Right. Mm-hmm. I still would have asked. <laughs> no, I really would have. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who... It, if they're in my house, if you're in my house, yeah. and it's like someone that I'm close with, obviously you're in my house, so it's going to be someone I'm close with, I'm going to ask questions about like, okay, so mm-hmm. who, who is this person though? I mean, I would too. I'm sure this is something he thinks about 
in general, just like, hmm. We'll, we'll get to that. But it just also brings forth the question, could Aaron have something to do with her going missing? Is this a case of jealousy gone wrong? Mm, I don't like, know. Like, what if he does know who Travis is? I don't, you know? I, I really don't know. I don't have enough information. But mm-hmm. I would think he has an alibi because he was hanging out with her brother. Right. So if anything, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be him himself. So I don't know. Yeah. Tira's mom ends up calling the police at around 8 p.m. that night of January 8th. And so at this point, it's just under 24 hours of her missing. Tiara was last seen wearing a pink shirt, a black North Face jacket, Levi jeans, Jordans. She's 5'5", and she weighed 120 pounds. Her mom tells officers about what she found on Tiara's social media account. So detectives are definitely onto the ex-boyfriend. Her mom said that Tiara was drawn to him because he was an older guy, he had a car, he was very suave and charming. So detectives request Tiara's phone records. The following day on January 9th, detectives and her family help lead a search at the Stony Brook apartment complex. Unfortunately, there are no cameras at the complex, so they literally had to go knocking door by door just to see if anyone heard or saw anything. Unfortunately, no one reported seeing Tiara. Two days later, on January 11th, 2016, the Greensboro Police Department's Crimes Against Person Squad take a deeper dive into the investigation. They start by searching outside the apartment complex at a nearby creek. They even search a storage lot that's across the street and they bring in cadaver dogs, but they didn't uncover anything. In the meantime, Tierra's family put up flyers. They are able to also set up a billboard with information as to Tierra. They then set up a hotline so that tips can come in along with a Facebook page. She's even featured on the website for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. During these search efforts, they do interview Aaron, Tiara's boyfriend, and Tiara's family strongly believe that he's involved in some way. At least he knows more than what he's letting on. Aaron is upset that the family is pointing the finger at him, but he says he understands that if the role was reversed, his mom would do the same for him. Mm. But he maintains he has nothing to do with her disappearance. He does, however, regret not asking about Travis. Still, detectives don't have anything linking Aaron to the disappearance, so he is free to leave after the interview. At some point during the onset of this investigation, Tiara's phone record comes in. Detectives noticed that there were no additional text messages or calls that came from her phone past 8.30 p.m., Hmm. where it pinged from the apartment complex. Oh. Mm-hmm. But because the phone was off, by the time that they got the cell phone records, they're thinking like the phone either was turned off or it possibly died by this point. There was no way to pinpoint any other location. So it had died at eight thirty ish or been turned off around. Yeah, they think it was But around... didn't she leave the complex at around eight thirty ish? Yeah. So it would have been turned off or died right at that point? Mm -hmm. Okay, wow. 
Yeah. So the police did conclude that she met up with her friend, aka her ex-boyfriend, at the apartment. Really? So, mm-hmm. so Travis is her ex-boyfriend? Travis, yeah, technically is the ex-boyfriend. Um, is his name Travis? No. Now? No. Oh, okay. They don't even... So his name is never released. Okay. So shortly thereafter, her ex-boyfriend, who's not named, is brought in for questioning. He initially lies about being in recent contact with Tierra. He finally admits to detectives that he was talking to her and he did see her that night that she disappeared at around 8.30 p.m. They apparently talked in his car for about 20 to 30 minutes. She got out and then she walked toward the apartment complex. I don't know where he was parked in the parking lot. Right. Or how far her walk was. They don't give those details. He may have given those details to the cops. Hmm. As far as detectives know, he was the last person to see Tierra. He gives them his cell phone and it shows that he was texting her up to 8.30 p.m. Like he had mentioned. His car was also processed for blood and DNA and there were no signs or indication of a crime. Her mother still felt like the ex-boyfriend, aka Travis, was involved in Tierra's disappearance. But at this point, detectives don't have anything to link him to the crime. Mm-mm-mm. Then detectives turn their focus to another one of Tira's ex-boyfriends, Trey. So Tira's mother said that Trey was the guy that made Tira's heart jump. That's the way that she described him. They broke up because Tira was too demanding and he couldn't give her what she wanted. Mm-hmm. Which I take as she had certain standards or non-negotiables and he just couldn't meet them. Right. He tells detectives he hasn't had any recent contact with Tierra, and he was very cooperative, but that's as much as they go into on the show. Her mom reaches out to Trey personally and said that Trey seemed really upset and genuine. Other than that, it's not clear to what extent, if at all, Trey helped with the search efforts. Hmm. And then suddenly, 10 days after Tierra's disappearance, a sanitation worker called into the hotline and reports that he had seen someone that looks like Tierra walking down the street, disoriented, uh-huh. um, wearing a dark jacket 17 miles away from Greensboro. But unfortunately, that turned out to be a dead end. More tips come in, and on the show, they don't even talk about all the tips, but they talk about major ones. So another major sighting was from an unnamed witness that claimed to have seen Tira in Greensboro. So at this point, detectives and her family are wondering, could she have been sex trafficked? Hmm. Her mom is adamant that there's no way that Tira would just put her family through the stress willingly. So they're just not really sure what to make of these tips, and unfortunately, this particular tip came up empty as well. Then on February 20th, 2016, six weeks after Tira's disappearance, it's reported that Tira's ex, Trey, had been shot and killed. What? Her mother, Danielle, is devastated by this news, not because she thinks that Trey is involved in any way or that this makes the investigation harder, 
but she just knows that once Tiara hears about Trey's passing, she's going to be very upset. So detectives are surprised by this, but they're wondering if somehow the two might be related or linked together. Yeah. However, it did turn out that Trey was murdered by his roommate, that they got into a heated argument. No. Mm -hmm. Heated argument about what? They didn't say. I think um, the roommate ended up getting, I'm pretty sure it's second degree murder. Wow. Mm -hmm. In April of 2016, there's a another sighting in Jessup, Georgia, and it's 400 miles from Greensboro. Apparently, someone had posted on the Facebook page that Tiara's mother created, stating that they saw someone that looks like Tiara. And according to the post, the girl believed to be Tiara comes into a Waffle House with a group frequently, but it seems like she's out of place. She never makes eye contact. The girl in question, according to the employee, looks a lot like Tiara. So Tiara's grandpa immediately jumps into action and he does make an appearance on the show. He drives 400 miles to this Waffle House and he waits in his car. Mm. But unfortunately, the group suddenly stopped coming in. So it's possible that maybe they were tipped off and they just decided to not come in like they usually do. But grandpa doesn't stop there. He goes to every motel in the area by the Waffle House. One of the motel managers was aware that there was a pimp that had several girls working for him and one of them did resemble Tiara, according to the hotel manager. So the grandpa ends up calling the cops and they go to the room where the pimp is staying and they do a lineup of the girls, but none of them end up being Tiara, unfortunately including the girl that looked like her. Mm. Her grandpa ended up going to all types of locations that are known for sex work or possibly also trafficking. He even goes as far as offering to pay $10,000 to anyone who had tips on Tiara. Her grandpa is a very brave man because he was putting himself in these really dangerous situations. And I think the reason why he was okay with doing that is because he had a job as a bondsman for years and so that made him comfortable in like these types of situations and and asking people questions and basically being this mini investigator Hmm. so then on june 13th 2016 six months after tiara's disappearance there is another sighting of tiara And this time, the source is close to home because it's a family member that claims to have seen Tiara at the Greensboro DMV. And the relative had an odd conversation with this young lady and felt that it was Tiara, but no further details given as to what that conversation was about. When she calls out Tiara's name, the woman stops, turns around, and tells her she's not Tiara, but she should pray for her and she thought that was very odd and immediately called the police wow the police get there and they pull the dmv footage they end up calling tiara's mother to review the tape 
so that she could make a positive ID. And her mom confirms that it is not Tierra. Oh. So as of today, this case actually remains open. Tierra has yet to be found. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, who was the relative? They never said. Because I'm like, how could it you... Was a, it was a female re- Okay, because I'm like, how could you really be unsure of your family member, if mm-hmm. it's your family member or not? Maybe it was a distant relative? Mm-hmm. So it's unsolved, but they don't, they don't have any leads. They don't know... They don't have any theories on what could have happened... Honestly, I think that they probably do have theories, but because it's an open case, they don't want to like put it out there. That's what I think. As far as what the family thinks, like obviously they are very devastated. This is what her family said on the show. They just want her to knock on the door. They just want anyone to knock on the door and bring Tara home alive. Her grandmother pleads to please let her go to let Tierra come home and that she was just getting her life started. Her mom is just really sad at the fact that she felt like she failed her in a way. She felt like she couldn't protect her and despite, you know, the steps that she took to keep track of like her Facebook. I mean, at this point, granted Tierra's 19, right? right? But she just still felt like Maybe the efforts that she made when Tara was a younger teenager and in high school would have somehow like poured into this current circumstance and she would have been able to save her in some way. Um, and they, I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking out loud mm-hmm. like that I know people who I think people looking from the outside in would mm-hmm. say they were raised well they were raised by the most perfect parents and mm-hmm. had the like best examples of love and all this stuff in the household and they still ended up in messed up situations so i just i think that you can give your kids all the tools and it's up to your kids to use the tools right like mm-hmm. basically your kids have their own autonomy they're going to do what they want to do sure mm-hmm. so I don't know. I'm, so you I'm mean not like a parent, sh- so this is... Right, so you just feel like there's only so much that she can do and to not really blame herself yes, for this? Yes, exactly. Right. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Mm. In a 2022 interview with a local ABC News outlet, uh, Tara's mother says that she still remains hopeful that her daughter is out there alive. She says, and I quote, it's just frustrating not having any answers or any closure or just knowing which direction to go next. Her mom does believe that Tara's ex-boyfriend, AKA Travis, was involved in okay. some way. So this was the last person she was with. Right. Now, I don't know, you know how I said that they processed his car? Right. I don't know when that happened, meaning Travis could have had an opportunity to clean his car, right? Right. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between finding Travis a day after versus questioning him a week after and then processing his car. They weren't clear as to an exact date that that happened, Mm -hmm. 
But they also could not hold Travis, right? Like he had an alibi. They don't go into details. Did they look at his phone records and? I'm sure that they looked at his phone records and saw that. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. Mm Hmm. It sounds like they might have some pieces to the puzzle, but they just need more pieces to make it make sense. Yeah, I'm sure that they might have a feeling that he's involved and they might have certain things. Again, because it's an open case, I don't think that they just want to throw that out there as to like exactly what it is that they have on him. Mm. So on the show, I feel like they just stated very general facts that were true, right? The fact that he was there at the apartment complex at 8.30, you know? Um, And these are things that he also admitted to. So as far as other details, I feel like they are keeping that hush-hush. And he's not on the show. No, he does not make an appearance on the show. But Aaron makes an appearance on the show, like I said. And he said that this has taken a toll on him and... Mm. Ever since he has felt deep depression, has Oof. been suicidal and just overall angry about the whole situation, and that he has so much regret for not asking her like, who Travis is and getting a last name. And yeah, the thing is, we all make mistakes, and his just look like I guess his was a lot deeper because it led to something. That he couldn't control, though. You know what I mean? So it's still out of his hands. It's just like, we all make mistakes. And what happens when we make mistakes, it just kind of depends. This is just one that can't easily be forgotten. Mm -hmm. As like a, okay, well, I won't do that again. I mean, I'm sure he's thinking to himself, like, I definitely won't do that again. Like, I'm going to ask all the questions. I'm interested to hear, like, how his relationships have gone since then if he's super overprotected right does he ask them to turn on their location you know his mistake is kind of just like out there for the world to see just because there was a bigger consequence Mm -hmm. um, that he wasn't aware of right like he just was going about his day and just like who's gonna think that this is gonna happen right I can definitely see how he would be depressed and stuff. I think I think that's something that's very heavy to carry. Yeah. I think so too. Detectives just overall believe that someone in the complex knows something. Mm. So I think what they are pushing is maybe it's possible that she was abducted from the complex on her walk back to her grandma's apartment. I think that's one of the theories that they were, I guess, contemplating. Do they think that she is alive? Mm. Honestly, from the sounds of it, I don't think that that's what they believe. However, like one of the main detectives, she's she's a black woman on the case, which is interesting. She gets a little emotional and she says that she doesn't want to let the family down. Hmm. She's crying a little bit on the show um, that she wants to bring Tierra home. Obviously, she didn't say home alive. Right. Because, again, at this point, it's been 
like now presently it's been a few years right so just based on that based on what some of the other detectives were saying during the show that's not the vibe that I got that they believe that she's alive wow mm-hmm. it's gonna be hard to like honestly this case definitely hits different because there's just so many questions we don't really have too much of anything yeah. to go off of you know like mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like there's a direction usually we have some sort of direction yeah and honestly um, a lot of the sources I feel like were redundant like had pretty much like the same details it wasn't like other cases where I'm looking at sources and I'm like wow I didn't have that detail and I'm adding that in yeah. Well, we will definitely post a picture of Tierra not only on our Instagram page but also on our website and keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, I mean if anyone has any information on Tierra and you know, we'll post obviously the picture and like other information of what she was last seen wearing, her height and weight, please contact the Greensboro Crime Stoppers at at 336 373-1000. I do just want to say that the whole DMV thing was a little bit eerie. Mm-hmm. How the lady was like turned around when she said the name Tierra and was yeah. like, I'm not Tierra, but pray for her. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was kind of weird. Yeah. I I don't think that's someone's natural yeah. instinct to say. Mm-hmm. I'm not I've definitely turned around when people have called a wrong name. Like, it has definitely happened. Because you kind of can hear some. They might be standing right next to you, right? So it's like you might just turn around and be like, like, just look like, who are they talking to? But I thought that was kind of strange. Yeah. I thought that was odd, too. Mm -hmm. But we are, you know, there are some odd people out there. So I don't know. Yeah, but that's the case of Tierra Williams. Mm-hmm. Well, we will add Tierra to our Google alerts and keep you guys updated on any new information regarding the case. Tune in next week for another episode of It's the Mystery for Me. Be safe out there. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.